I mean, I don't know. I would say maybe not talkative for two reasons. One being that like I was pretty close to shifting into statement of purpose mode, which I've been putting off for about a week. But I think I'm gonna crush it. And the other thing being that I just I, I watched a, a YouTube video. It was like a 30 minute video on like the uh, child sexual uh, abuse allegations against Pat Patterson, who was like one of the executives at WWF okay. in the 90s. And I was expecting it to like be narrative, but no, it's just a smash cut of just like all of the news coverage of it from the from the time and interviewing people who had been abused and yeah. talking heads with them. So I mean that could be another thing. That that's always a bummer. Like what I was yeah. I was reading about not to not to get ahead of ourselves. I was reading about some Brian Singer allegations. Yeah. And yeah, it was more like that. I thought it would be like an account from somebody or this and that. It's just like, yeah. nope, this happened and 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 this yeah. happened. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things where like I like true crime and stuff, but um I don't know, every now, like, like every, like, 50% of the time as I get older, like, I'll just, like, literally get sick to my stomach about something. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even mean that as, like, a, like, a virtue signal kind of thing, like, uh, you know, because I feel like it's easy for, like, people to say, like, oh, that kind of stuff makes me sick, but, like, legitimately, like, li very literally, like, I was driving down Mound, and I was like, am I going to have to pull over to throw up right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I, I get that, like, when, like, I don't know when allegations come out about somebody mm -hmm. I'll be like oh, I can't believe Kevin Spacey did that that sucks mm -hmm. that's awful and then I'll move on but if I read into it yeah I'm always like I'm gonna be nauseous yeah this, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah there are exceptions the army hammer cannibalism stuff was very funny oh oh my god we talked about it for longer than anyone I think <laughs> oh god yeah it was very like I don't know. This was going to be not the Army Hammer thing. This was going to be one of my opening bits was me and you and our friendship. That's one of those things where would they bring it to anybody else? And I'm like, did you hear about this Army Hammer cannibal stuff? They're like, yeah, it's really fucked up, isn't it? And I go, yeah, it is, isn't it? And then I talk to you about it. We just howl and howl and howl. Yeah. Another thing I can think of is is uh, that, that, that lady who pisses in that guy's head. When I showed my partner, she was like, why the fuck do you think I would like that? Like, she was legitimately angry. Uh, I felt so ashamed. Oh. Yeah. So good. Um, let me pitch a scenario to you. At least the coverage of it made it sound like it's semi-normal. You're out hunting with your buddy, right? Me okay. and you are hunting. We kill a deer. As we do. Yeah. And I rip its heart out and take a bite out of it. Mm-hmm. And then I go, huh? How do you respond? I don't know. That's like, because it doesn't, it, it didn't his friend not do it? I have no idea. I just know that, like, I remember, like, it seemed like it was a thing that some hunters do sometimes. And Is I was it? like, ah. Yeah, if I didn't know that, and I'm out hunting with you, and you rip a heart out of an animal's chest and bite into it and go, now you do it. <laughs> I'm probably gonna do it because I'm so afraid of you. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're going to do if I say no. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just so weird. I mean, people eat tongues. Yeah. Perhaps we should have talked about this, like, during the Indiana Jones thing. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Yeah. yeah, you know what else I want to bring up real quick? I was thinking about it all today. It's so odd that we got through a whole conversation about the Goonies without mentioning One-Eyed Willie? Is that a penis joke? How, is it, how would that be a penis joke? One-Eyed Willie? Yeah. You never heard, like, I don't know what the actual turn of phrase is, but sometimes they'll call a dick, like, hey, the one-eyed monster. 
And Willie is also a penis. One-eyed Willie. Just I've both, never both heard, things are... I've never heard the one-eyed thing, but <laughs> I've heard it called a Willie before, yeah. Yeah. Hang on one second. Let me Let me try to look up the actual, like... Give me two seconds here. Yeah, one-eyed monster in, uni- in the Urban Dictionary is even on Wikipedia. Wikipedia, one-eyed monster, a euphemism for the human penis. And even Urban Dictionary has a one-eyed willy thing for, like, number one, euphemism for a penis, where one-eyed refers to the external urethral orifice or pee hole located at the tip of the penis. That's the eye? Yeah. That's what I was going to be my question. Where's the one eye come in? But Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, Wikipedia, the first thing it says is one-eyed penis may refer to bracket, or not bracket, but the bullet, one-eyed monster, or a euphemism for the human penis. The next one is film. The next one is monster with one eye. I wonder what monsters with one eye is. Oh, that's like cyclopses and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. So anyways, yeah, like uh, all I'm saying is, well, I guess it makes sense since you weren't familiar with the that that like euphemism, but I can't believe it didn't cross either of our, of our minds that his name is a penis joke, I think. That reminded me there is a an old like Japanese folklore folklore monster. Okay. Called Shirmi, I think. Uh, obviously I'm not pronouncing it right. It's S H I R I M E. Okay. The story goes as follows. Long ago, a samurai was walking uh, at night down the road in Kyoto when he heard someone calling out from... From where? I can't read. I'm sorry. From where? So walking at night down the road to Kyoto when he heard someone calling out for him to wait. Who's there? He asked nervously, only to turn around to find a man stripping off his clothes and pointing his bare buttocks at the flabbergasted traveler. A huge eye glittering from the opening up from <clears throat> a huge glittering eye that opened up where the strange man's anus should have been. The brown eyed monster. Just a, it's just a Japanese monster with a, an eye in the butt. Yeah. Well, Ain't this is quickly fun? becoming a pervert podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thanks for showing me that. Yeah. Yeah. I got more. No, thanks. Okay. That one was an actual eyeball, too. Ew. <laughs> Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Guess, I guess we can start with X-Men. All right, let's talk about X-Men. I forgot the mail. <laughs> All right. X-Men 1999. Was it really 99? Yeah. Wow. Uh, quote. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. The process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward. That happens, and you're like, oh, hell yeah, this movie's gonna kick ass. Then Brian Singer movie happens, and you're like, oh, shit. 
Isn't it insane that that little monster made one good movie and was then given a 30-year pass to just take a shit on a reel of uh, film over and over again? And really, has anyone ever seen The Usual Suspects? Is it good enough to let this guy continue to get rich while sexually and emotionally abusing young boys without consequences? Me, personally, I don't think so. 3 out of 10. How do you make the X-Men um. boring? I have seen the usual, usual suspects, yeah, so and it is I. a Brian Singer joint, and it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> but I've seen it once, and I remember watching it and being like, knowing that the twist is it's one of them. Yeah, and I was like, it's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, like it's why wouldn't it be Kevin Spacey? Yeah. And then at the end, when it was Kevin Spacey, I was like, that movie was boring. But I do like I do like the end, and also I like Kevin Smith, Kevin Spacey, I, not a, not as a person in that movie. Okay. But yeah, no. Good catch. Uh, yeah, I do like Good the end. <laughs> I do like the end when he's just like, they're looking around and they're like, huh, P, Tear, Griffin. Oh my God, it was him. And he's just outside getting away with it. Have you, can you name another Brian Singer movie that's not an X-Man? No. Yeah. Yeah. He also did Superman Returns. That's a piece of shit. Oh, okay. I rewatched that like a year ago. Yeah. To like, it can't be that bad. Yeah. It's awful. Really? Um, a, they have Brandon Routh as Superman. Great. He's okay. great. He's a great Superman. But they have these blue contacts in his eyes that look like somebody took acrylic paint and painted his irises blue. It's uh, the most distracting thing I've ever seen. And, like, the story of Superman's been gone. It's a sequel to the Dick Donner Superman movies, technically. Yeah. And he's been gone for a long time, and he comes back. And he finds that um, Lois Lane has married, is it Jimmy Olsen? Cyclops is in this movie. And he's in, he's plays Jimmy Olsen. Oh, okay. And that's why like, he's what, not. What a hell of a crossover. <laughs> that's why he's not in X-Men 3. It's because he's like, ah, I'm going to go make this Superman movie. Um, and they have a kid together. And uh, Superman comes back and she's like, oh, this is a mess. All right, whatever. And then she's at home talking to her husband later just about superman i think and uh, just their relationship and what's going on and just very deep personal conversation and then the camera pans out from them through the house and you see the house in like an x-ray vision okay and then it cuts back to superman who's just flying outside of the house watching and listening to their conversation i was like i'm turning this off this is where this movie ends for me this is <laughs> awful <laughs> So X Men came out in 1999. I would have been three. Um, the only thing I can really tell you is that like uh, there's that scene where Wolverine gets into the car accident with Rogue, and that used to scare me when I was a kid. Yeah, and I loved Sabretooth. Of course you did. Too much eyebrow. I forgot Sabretooth was in this movie. He's got a lot of eyebrow. Yeah, he's a lot. He's hard to look yeah. at. A lot of this movie, I would say, is hard to look at. I think he's played by the guy who played uh, Jason in in the Friday the Thirteenth 2009 remake reboot. Is he? I think so. I'm going to say no. You can say no. Pretty confident, though. All right, I'm saying no. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> okay. I think that's. I think in 2009, it's Derek Mears. Yeah? It's like a professional stuntman who's in a lot of stuff. Okay. And he does not look like that. Yeah. Well, he also wears a hockey mask. There's no really a way to tell. Well, I'm I'm 100% positive Derek Mears is in Friday the 13th. Yeah. And I don't think he's yeah. Sabretooth. Yeah. I know Sabretooth does something else, though. There's, like, something he did. I'm trying to think. Probably have some kind of wires crossed. Let's see what else Sabretooth has done. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-
Tyler Maine. That's his name, right? Sure. Oh, that's what it is. I am wrong. But I was very close. It's actually that he played another slasher in another remake of the time. Is he a Texas man? No. Is he Halloween man? Yeah, both are Rob Zombies. That's what it was. Oh, okay. There we go. So my bad. You're good. Fun fact, Derek Mears, Jason from 2009. Longtime friend and former roommate of, I think, uh, Dan Herman. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, the Vulc- so yeah, you were a little harsh on X-Men, I feel like. I'm not necessarily going to be, like, uh, trying to argue that it's, like, a great movie. But honestly, when I was watching it, I was like, this is a pretty good, um, like, almost, like, not that far behind, like, how well... Like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man adapted a Spider-Man for the yeah. movies. Like this is a pretty good example of like, you know, like a, a decent, like watchable, like superhero movie pre-Marvel. Yeah, no, there's yeah. a there's. I feel the same way about this as I do the Spider-Man ones. I, overall, not great, but yeah. there are parts of this that I'm like, oh, that's that's picture perfect. That's yeah. spot on. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the opening, the opening of Magneto in the concentration camp, stellar. Love I was it. thinking the whole time. I was like, what if you like. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like there had to be like someone in a movie theater somewhere who like three minutes into the thing was like, "Did I pick Schindler's? Like, what the fuck? Am I <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. right movie?" Yeah. Uh, and then the the opening monologue from Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Yeah. And just the two of them, I think, are the strongest part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, they're great. Just mm. I love. Of course, everybody loves Magneto and Professor X. They're great. They're just great to watch. They're great to read. And yeah, I think they're perfectly cast in this movie, and it's great. And that's the best part of this movie, arguably, next to our baby boy Hugh Jackman and just Wolverine in this movie. Just so much fun to watch. And the rest of it, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. I will say Wolverine was a lot more fun than I feel like uh, I remember him being in subsequent films. Yeah. Yeah. I could be misremembering, but yeah. Um, As far as like Days of Future Past or like Logan or... Uh, anything like that like the last couple installments like I don't know I don't feel like his humor was like his like it's good in this one like it's like it's a couple of snickering moments where you're like he 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 got him yeah just like what (laughs) who he is as a person is just fun in this movie yeah like they get him to the X-Man mansion and he's inside and he meets everybody he just immediately is like I'm gonna fuck this guy's girlfriend for sure I've known you all for 11 minutes yeah it's it's happening right yeah but yeah, so the movie primarily chooses to focus on Wolverine and Rogue. Is Wolverine like par for the course in terms of being like the main focus for like the cartoon comics before this? Um, I think so. He's just. I know he had his own like line of comics and stuff. Oh yeah, so yeah. He's no stranger to being the main character. I was just curious. If, he's like, he's just everybody's favorite. Is yeah. What it is. Like, I was just curious if the X Men saga in general usually revolves primarily around him being the. It's it's it, I, the X Men ones don't really revolve around him. Like I said, he's everybody's favorite. Like the team leader is technically Cyclops, um, but Wolverine's like rude wrath. exactly it's like how the ninja turtles don't focus in on a ninja turtle ever it's just it's about the ninja turtles and everybody has their favorite ninja turtle so everyone's favorite i feel like that that live action one focuses on raf mostly though 
Does it? Yeah. I haven't seen it in a very long time. So yeah, he loses that. a sigh. He's got that like trench coat feud slash bromance with Casey Jones. It's true. That's true. Is he the one that's like injured and they have to lay low in the? It's like the grapes of riff. I don't remember in the in the in the in the country house. I don't. I haven't seen it since I was probably nine or something like that. Oh, okay. But anyways, and they always used to scare me, so I only watch the cartoons. Yeah. Um. You. Yeah. You have like that like uh weird computer generated like uh intro <laughs> uh, credits just like Spider Man. Um. Then yeah, you have like a meeting in front of like the some sort of governmental board. I don't remember what what little lower third yeah. comes up to say exactly what it is. I don't know if it's the UN or if it's US specific because I think they're building up the UN. So perhaps it's just a US government meeting where Dr. Jean Grey is given a little thing about how like hey we humans do and there's a bunch of politicians that are like mm, no Senator Kelly no. is like we gotta get these damn beauties out of here yeah and then uh, the two old men meet up and they have a little talk and then we meet Rogue who shares her first kiss on her bed and does uh, a really bad thing every time that happens every time she sucks someone like that I, it does still like I'm like oof Ouch! Yeah, they they do a good job with that. Yeah. Just like the the veins coming out of people's faces yeah. and spots, veins don't exist. <clears throat> Hate it. Yeah, it is bad. Parents come upstairs and they're like, "Get the cops! Get the cops!" And she, the whole time she's just like, "You know." And then you flash forward to Canada, Wolverines, UFC fighting at a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I love when he punches people or people punch him. It makes like a big battle, like someone hits the side of a garage door. Yeah. I think they should keep that throughout this whole movie yeah. and every other movie. Yeah, um, I did like the rogue stuff. I will say one of the first things that I'm like, oh, that's a nice little tasty touch. I do like that after the fight, the guy's like, dog, I know who you are. I know why you're winning these fights or whatever. I want my money back. It's a good little like, you know, like just a touch of, you know, like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? discrimination kind of a thing just like the yeah. flavor text of like hey buddy get out of my bar we don't serve your type here kind of a thing i do hate though yeah the clo when he first does the wolverines uh-huh. and you just get the close-up of his fists and the little holes open and then oh, they yeah. come out I hate looking at it yeah I hate it. <laughs> but i like the little line after when she's like does it hurt when i come out and he's like every time yeah it's great it's great yeah also, yeah i'm going well, I was just gonna say, yeah, they have that little chat in the car because she stows away in the back. Um, somehow up front, he can hear. Oh, I guess does he have like super senses? Chris Wolverine. Wolverine has so many superpowers. I don't think anyone can keep track. I yeah, he because he hears a rustling back there, and I'm like all the way from the front. But then I'm also like, he is a Wolverine. He has super smell and hearing. Yeah. And fists and claws. Yeah. And he can jump far, I guess. No, he can do a lot. Um, so anyways, she hops up front. He gives her beef jerky. She eats the beef jerky. I really wish they didn't have the sound effects so gross, but they do gross it out for oh, me. Oh, yeah, that's one of the things I, I like, remember oh. most distinctly about this yeah. movie from a kid is I just hate looking at her eat that beef jerky. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Like, it, it, I'm not saying it shouldn't be in there. It definitely should, but the sound effects are like especially gross. I wish they would have foleyed it a little different. But, uh, yeah, then they have the conversation where, yeah, she's like, my name's Rogue, what's your name? And then she looks at the dog and she's like, what kind of name is Wolverine or whatever? And he's like, what kind of name is Rogue? And he's like, my name's Logan, you know. Pretty standard, I think, like, pre-Marvel 
superhero dialogue. Oh, they still do that shit. Oh, yeah. I saw like a supercut earlier today on Twitter that someone was like, hey, let's leave this joke in the past where everyone's like, Dr. Octavius? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Strange? Is that your real name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that shit sucks. I'm tired of that kind of and stuff. And to see yeah. that they've been doing it since uh, 1999 yeah. is hard to look at. Yeah. Because it's just one of those things like, you know, we've talked about it a lot. I, well, I don't know if we've talked. I, we probably talked about it from time to time on the podcast. I know we talked about it a bit in the, the like, incubator stage of us doing the podcast when we were watching all the Marvel movies. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I hate those name gags, and I also hate the whole thing where, like, you know, like, uh, Ed Norton's Hulk, when they're like, she's like, oh, the stretchiest pants they had were purple, and he's yeah. like, I'll take the other ones, you know, like. Or in this, when they suit up, and he's like, what did you expect, yellow spandex? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it kind of did, I actually really did. That would have been dope, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it would have been pretty good. But the Matrix just came out, so it's leather. Yeah. I don't know, there is a little bit of a soft spot for it, but it's so, like not practical seeming like yeah it's just like uh, the limited mobility of the yeah full leather like it's not even like skin tight like um it's just it's it looks encumbering is all yeah they say. look like they're in like motorcycle get-ups yeah, i don't even know i don't even know if there's like a that's fair to say but also like in my mind i can't even think of like a world parallel where something like that would be worn yeah you know like they I mean? almost look like flight suits or something like that but they're yeah. made out of leather yeah. and the end the second half of this movie has to all be 80 yard because yeah. every every time they move it's gotta be like do they wear them less than the next two no or do they keep it up oh they keep it up yeah because I, I seem to remember logan always being in like a tank top jeans kind of combo he's in that for a lot but yeah you know, when they like, eventually he suits up when they do fights big yeah. fights yeah they they suit up and then i think after x-men 3 they get rid of those yeah yeah anyways yeah so they get in a car accident Sabretooth is around you get him doing All the right. whole yeah because wolverine's got super smell like you just said uh he heals up Sabretooth and him fight for a second storm and cyclops save them goes to the xavier mansion um Another thing that always scared me when I was a kid is when uh, Jean Grey is trying to give him a little injection and mm -hmm. he jumps up real quick. Spooky. Spooked me. You know? And then he's running around and uh, puts on a hoodie or whatever and he can hear Professor X talking in his head. Bursts into Professor X's office where I guess he's having the yeah. little class of two or three. Four, I think. Four. Could be five. Could be five. It's like a dozen kids in his office, and he's given like a physics class. And uh, then they have a conversation about like, hey, you know, Magneto's after you. I got things I can offer you. Are you in, right? And Logan's like, Pff. you know. But then Storm and Cyclops come in, and then they have more conversation. What happens at this point? What 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 do they, what do they say to, to 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 Wolverine to get him to stick around? That's a great question. Um... Is it just that uh, Professor X is like, hey, I can tell you secrets about your life, maybe? Yeah, I think he doesn't want anything to do with that. And I think if I remember correctly, he decides to stay because Jean Grey comes in. And he goes, yeah, I want to fuck that lady. I'm going to stick around. Then do we get some Magneto stuff? I think so, yeah. And he's he's in his weird spooky island yeah. office. Yeah. Um, do they have Big Bad Senator Kelly yet? I think they snatch him up. Oh, we might cut the Senator Kelly, like, having a conversation on the phone about how, like, yeah, yeah, all right, phone call over. 
and then he looks over to a guy and like I think they're on that helicopter and does it yep. become Mystique? Yep, yep, yep. How do you feel about Mystique's creature design in this? Fine. Yeah. Put a put a put a she she could have clothes on. For she sure. could definitely have clothes she on. She could definitely have clothes yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't know. I don't I don't think I like the addition of scales. I don't mind the scales. It's just the scales it just makes it nasty. on top of the naked. I'm like, why is she naked? Because, yeah. like, Chris, she's naked because it's the 90s, and they're like, she got to be hot. Guys, kids' dads are coming to this movie. We got to have a hot, naked blue lady. But also, then she has scales on top of her, and I'm like, yeah. I sent a screenshot a to some of my friends, and they were all like, I don't remember her looking like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to look at. <laughs> it is. Anyways, yeah, they kidnapped uh, Senator Kelly. And so Magneto's plan is there's a war coming. Human beings aren't going to be understanding of us. I have this machine that's going to turn everybody into mutants. Which is sick. Yeah. Honestly, that seems like the way to go. If we <laughs> lived in this world and mutants were a thing and we were like those conferences yeah. and stuff were happening on TV. Yeah. If I'm being honest with you, Chris, I'd be like, yeah, we got to... We gotta do something. We about, gotta mutate. We gotta do something about these mutants. Yeah. We gotta get these guys out of here. But there's I'm a problem in his plan. But his machine I'm, don't work too good. It's if, based on radiation, and radiation kills human beings. Has no effects on mutants, they say. True. But, but if I was watching these meetings and I saw this, I'd be like, "We gotta do something about the muties." And the mutant Magneto came on TV and was like, "Yo, I got a machine. It make everybody mutants." I'd be like, "Oh hell yeah, let's do that instead." <laughs> I like his plan. I'd like to see it come yeah. to fruition. But so they got Kelly. Um, I know later they make him have no bones, and then later he turns into water and dies while Storm holds his hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the end of that arc. We don't really have to go back to it. <laughs> I like, uh, just again, I love everything uh, Sir Ian McKellen does in this movie. I love yeah. when he's got... Before he's Waterman, Waterman stuck in a chair. Yeah. He's like, are you a God-fearing man, Senator? It's great. Love yeah. It. No, he's got some great lines. Even in X2, I always think about the, you should have killed me when you had the chance. Mm. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um. So, yeah, that kind of happens. I know Professor X, like, uh, you know, shows off Cerebro. He do. He do show off that. I know that, like, there's a point where, like, Logan has a nightmare. And he stabs Rogue, but then Rogue sucks him and gets to live. Yeah. But he don't know that because he goes into, like, a semi-coma thing. Yeah, and she runs away, and then they yeah. show off Cerebro to find her. Yeah, because Mystique shows up as Iceman and is like, you got to get the fuck out of here. Everybody hates you. So she runs away. And they meet well, on a she train. never learns yeah. in this movie. She just thinks Bobby sucks, and yeah. that isn't very nice for her at the end. And they meet on a train or whatever, which plays right into, like, Magneto's hand or whatever. Uh, I will say it's also like it makes me wince when like Magneto bends the the, the mm -hmm. finger knives out. Oh, I, lo I, I love that about the X Men is that their biggest adversary, the biggest threat in the world, is a man who can control metal. Yeah. And their biggest strongest guy is a guy made out of metal. Yeah. And he always never learns his lessons, no matter yeah. what medium the X Men are in. Yeah. Wolverine's is always like, all right, I'm running head into this one. Yeah. It is interesting because like, yeah, I, I do I do I do understand like at a certain point it, it feels like he would be like uh, all right guys good luck. Mm -hmm. I do like at I the have end some of other this, mission to run. I, lo I I do really like the part at the end of this movie where they're like at the Statue of Liberty or whatever and Wolverine's like you guys gotta go and they're like why he's like no I can't move it's like oh that's good that's very good yeah, yeah. that's good it is good. 
Um, so anyways, yeah, Magneto, like, snatches him up, and, like, uh, yeah, Sabretooth and Toad fight Cyclops and Storm. Hate looking at Toad. Just hate him. Oh, yeah, I don't like him at all. I can't understand anything he's saying the whole time. He looks awful. I hate his tongue. He's disgusting. And also, he spits that nasty shit one time. Mm-hmm. I like a little more the X-Men Evolution Toad, like the oh, teenage yeah. one. Yeah. I like him. Um, he's got a better wisecracking voice. Yeah. I think yeah. I saw this movie, like probably like a dozen times as a kid i watched that cartoon so much oh yeah oh my god couldn't yeah, get enough of it i don't feel like toad was cast well it's like uh i don't know yeah, if weird. they were gonna keep in the fact that he jokes wise sometimes i don't know or maybe don't have him in this yeah like that's my biggest problem with all of these x-men movies so there are so many x-men to uh-huh. pick from and they're like uh how about toad or this guy that we made up whose hair is a sword that'd be cool right it's like no it's not there are you could have had you could have had juggernaut in this movie you could have had other x-men i can't think of right now who are much cooler (laughs) so you're not happy with their selection of x-men no never in any of these movies really okay yeah or how they use the ones that they even have yeah like what does cyclops do in this movie just be a dick yeah 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 it is interesting because like you like you alluded to earlier i think 100% wolverine's being an asshole by trying to steal a guy's girl but they make him so unlikable that you don't have any sympathy for him you're like why is she with cyclops Cyclops like i hope this happens i hope this works out for a wolverine (laughs) and not cyclops yeah um but yeah so yeah toad i don't hate the character but i just i don't don't like i don't think it was a good pairing at all starth maul okay that's fun yeah 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 all right yeah anyway i uh you want to do like I like when uh, Magneto traps Sabretooth out on the ledge. That's funny. I don't remember that. Yeah, because uh, Kelly has used his no bones to get out, and he's hanging mm-hmm. on the side of the wall. And then Sabretooth tries to pull him, but he like rips the sleeve off, and he still falls to the water. Mm-hmm. And then he's out there, and then Magneto just goes like, as he walks away, or whatever. And Sabretooth's just stuck out on the ledge on the other side of the vent that was. That's funny. Away. I don't yeah. remember that. Though. Anyways, I do like Magneto doesn't have doors in that place. They're just all those grates that he just moves apart yeah. and moves back together as he yeah. walks through them. Yeah, and it's also great. The big plastic prison is really good. You think I this like. plastic prison will hold me forever, Charles? <laughs> I do love that, but also there's no way there's not. Yeah. That's impossible. There's yeah. no, like They bring in that plastic wheelchair. You got to have a bearing in there somewhere to move that wheelchair around, you know? This movie's made up. <laughs> So, anyways, um, yeah. The so she he's gonna use Rogue to take his power, so she can use the machine because the machine's killing him every time he uses it. Yeah, but she'll be fine or she'll die. Yeah, she'll be a sacrifice because he talks about that like oh, you'll be the sacrifice or whatever. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't he also be the sacrifice? Because wouldn't that kill him if she takes his powers? Well, it would definitely kill him because he's well. I don't. Would he no longer technically be a mutant, and then he'd be vulnerable to the radiation that kills everybody? No, he'd die. I he think dies. that's how Rogue works, is she takes your powers, but yeah. also you die. She just sucks it all out of you. Hmm. Life and powers and all. Well, that's another interesting thing. So she's using the machine, which would mean that she has already sucked him. So shouldn't he not have his powers? That's a good point. Yeah. Or maybe she just sucked up a little bit of his powers, and then she has them for just a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how Rogue works. Okay. Interesting. 
Anyways, yeah, they fight in the, the Statue of Liberty and all that. Mystique is the Statue of Liberty for a second. That's weird. Yeah, that was weird that she turned into a stone statue. Yeah. Is that part of it? I thought it was just human beings. I, that's a great question. Yeah. Could she, like, just disguise herself as a floor or something yeah. like that? Something else that was like, a little weird. Not a big deal. But, like, the comically fast turbo button on the motorcycle that yep, Wolverine yep. steals, that's just... Borderline slapstick. <laughs> I love it though; it's great. Yeah, because he goes like, "Oh, runk," and he's like, oh. "It's great. I love it." <laughs> the X Jet is in there for like three seconds. Uh huh. They go to the Statue of Liberty. They fight. Another Mystique question. Yeah. She's fighting him as Wolverine. Yeah. And he cuts her claws off. Yeah. Is that part of her? Yeah. Also. Doesn't that make her kind of like rogue? Like if she replicates her appearance to be like another yeah mutant, does that mean that she gets the mutant powers while she's in that form? Yeah. Does she have like strong claws like Wolverine or not? Because he cut them off very easily. Yeah. And then when she doesn't got the claws anymore, when she turns back to normal, shouldn't she be missing bones or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It is also weird. Like if she transforms into somebody wearing a jacket and then takes that jacket off. Yeah. Is that just a jacket that she created, mm -hmm. or is that part of her, that when she goes back to normal? It is also interesting that, like you said a second ago, Wolverine already has the perfect foil. But in this movie, and for sure X2, they spend a lot of time, not a lot of time, but some time, trying to, like, make him fight somebody like him. Yeah. Like, oh, that's for right, example... Oh, they got the lady one. Yeah, too. the lady yeah. one in X2 and, and Mystique doing it. But then also, not only do you have the perfect foil... But I think that's the point of Sabretooth, too, is that he's, like, the evil kind of, like, Wolverine, who doesn't necessarily have claws, but I think his nails are supposed to be as strong or whatever. Yeah. Because I think he's, like, wasn't he also, like, one of the Weapon X things? No, he's his brother. Wolverine's brother? Yeah, Sabretooth yeah, okay. is his brother, and, yeah. like, Wolverine has, like, bone claws, naturally, yeah. that are strong because he's his, his mutant thing is that he heals very fast. Yeah. And then the Weapon X thing, they just put a bunch of metal all over his bones. Yeah. So he's stronger and crazy heavy yeah. um but no what is Sabretooth doesn't have metal in him yeah so i don't think he's well it's just interesting because it's one of those things like like i said you already have Sabretooth as a foil you already have magneto mm -hmm. and then they felt the need to make mystique become wolverine and then the second one they added the lady with the nails who could be based on an actual character she is yeah which she's is fine i'm just saying it. she's i think she's supposed to be she's x24 yeah. which is or x23 which is yeah. the little girl from logan yeah yeah it's just interesting that they they like i said that they spend so much time trying to like just throw more and more at wolverine um i guess to a degree because of what you're talking about with like choosing to have the other mutants in there they don't really give anybody else a good counter you know what i mean like what is cyclops doing in this movie he's there he shoots a beam or two, yeah. Yeah. What's Storm doing? She's kind of there, you know. Um. Even Toad, like Toad, is usually like a a foil to like Nightcrawler, you know. Mm -hmm. So, that's all I'm saying. It's just interesting that there's such a big focus on giving Wolverine something to do. When yeah, he has like, plenty. He's got plenty. He's got a lot to do. He's got a lot to do. Nobody, yeah, nobody. I think including Wolverine does a lot in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like. Not a lot of the X-Men do a lot of X-Men powers -y stuff. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things about, like, uh, 
pre-Marvel superhero movies because it, it can also be said about Spider-Man where like so much of it is like Peter Parker based. There's not a lot of Spider-Man to do. Yeah. Same thing with this. Like it's a lot of conversations and interpersonal kind of stuff a little bit with like Rogue and Wolverine and like, uh, you know, Picard. And and that's great. I'm fine with it. No, I'm fine that. with it too. But it's just, you know, that, that, that is another way to put it is like, I guess it's, it's, it's um, just the stage of superhero movies where like, you're just asking people who write movies to be like, hey, write a movie where, like, the characters are also X-Men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Y- yes and no. Like, it feels like, like, that would be great. I would love that. This feels like, hey, write an X-Men movie, but also keep in mind, we can't do a lot of this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So maybe have a Cyclops shoot a beam or two. Yeah. And just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, fun fact, this movie, written by David Hayter. Who okay. is? I'm assuming Bill Hader's brother, something like that. No, he's the voice of a uh, Solid Snake in the Metal Gear games. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fun fact. It is right. Uh, but yeah, like I said, like we've been saying for a long time, they fight on the the Statue of Liberty. Um, that whole machine thing is doing its spinning deal, and Wolverine picks the perfect time to jump in there just fine, saves her. Cyclops shoots another beam. Yeah, hits Magneto right in the back. Is Magneto also like? Does he have, like, just general super strength? I don't think so. Kind of thing? Because he does kind of take it like a champ. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Like, he's just an old Jewish man. Okay. Well, he takes it like a champ. He really does. Because, I mean, Cyclops blew the lid off that train station. He does. He really does. And Magneto took it like a champ. And then um, he... They get locked up and they're playing chess. Which I Wolverine love. Wolverine leaves. It's a nice little moment. Yeah, he yeah. gives he gives Rogue the, the the dog tags and says like I'll be back for this. Well, yeah, very nice, very sweet, very like sweet. That. I don't know where he's going. Uh, Mister Stewart told him about that the the place where Stryker made him. Oh right, so he's right, going right, there to right. see. He's like, uh, it's probably been it's in some kind of ruin, but there might still be some records in there, kind of a thing, you know. Yeah, Alkali Lake, that's what it is. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot about the time that uh, either Mystique or Toad puts the gross stuff in Cerebro. Oh, yeah, it's Mystique. They fill it with boogers, and it gives him... It makes it Mr. X... Have a stroke? Go in a coma, something like that? Yeah. 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 Jean Grey tries to use the Cerebro. Is that after it's been cleaned out, right? Yeah, she gets the boogers out, but it's still too strong for her, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we miss the part where Naked Waterman comes out of the beach. Oh, yeah. That was gross. That was very gross. Um, there's not as much chess in this movie as I remember. Yeah. I remember that being a big motif for the two of them because it's just the classic two, guy, two smart guys with dueling ideologies about life in a movie sit down to play chess for a second. It's like, yeah, Ooh. I will say they're... Uh, I was like, Chris is going to love this movie. Let's get <laughs> it going. Their relationship reminds me a lot of like Thor and Loki. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at least from the Thors that I saw, Thor is always kind of like, come on, Loki. We can figure it out. You're just young and rambunctious. And Loki's like, I'm going to kill everybody. What are you talking <laughs> about? And he's like, nah, you'll grow out of this stage. I mean, it's what I've always liked about professor x and magneto and there's just not a lot of it in this movie and i'm afraid it's not in a lot of the a lot of any of these movies until you get to like the younger guys but just the two of them both being mutants and both being pretty much on the same page except for magneto's like yeah no they're coming for us and we got to do something about it and professor x being like no we can show them that they don't have to be coming for us 
And, you know, Magneto's like, no, man, I was in the fucking Holocaust. I know yeah. how this shit goes. It also reminds me of Civil War. Yeah, kind of. And uh, Watchmen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 And it's a tight 90. It's, oh, God, so happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for this installment, honestly, like, you know, I would be open to it being a bit longer if uh, they were given another go and, like, they had done it, like, very well. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could use a little extra time. But in 1990, it didn't have to be any longer. Because, no. like you said, they, 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 1999, they really couldn't afford to do much more than what they did. Yes. And for everything we're saying, for a movie, a superhero movie in 1999, like, yeah. this comes out around the same time as, like, Blade and Spawn and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This movie, not bad at all. Yeah. Um, other than Batman uh, 89 and, and, and Superman 89, I mean, this is really, you know, this is like Marvel's first, like, hey, we did one too. Yeah, this is like the first, this is the beginning of like the quote unquote modern superhero yeah. movie. But uh, no, I, cause, no, I think the modern superhero movie is Iron Man and that shit. Yeah. But this is like the beginning of the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. X Men and Spider Man are like comparable to like the Batman Spider Superman kind yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Um, I also I would also like lump them in there with like they're a different thing. I think like Superman and Batman are their own thing, and then Spawn and Blade are their own thing, and then you get X Men and Spider Man and Hellboy mm. and Jonah Hex and all those movies that came out around that time. Oof. Yikes! Yeah, it was dark for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, maybe like a C Daredevil. plus. I think C plus. I give it a solid C. Yeah. C. Yeah. Like I'd like to watch the rest of them. Uh, Not on the podcast. I just mean on my own time. But they get so long. Do they? Yeah, I think like Days of Future Past is like two and a half hours long. Okay. Or something like that. Well, I remember liking First Class and Days of Future Past. Yeah, First Class is good, but it's also I think it's over two hours. Uh huh. But I think it's good. Like, they somehow got... Um, oh, I can't think of either of their names. Who are the guys that played the young X and Magneto? Something like John McElroy or McAvoy or Mac James McAvoy? Yeah. And... Michael Fassbender? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Those guys are great. Yeah. They're just as good as the other two. And there's all the stuff with, like... Like, there's a bar I scene. I want to see the real you. Yeah. Yeah, the that's real fun. you. There's that bar scene with Classic Magneto meme. where he hunts down those two Nazis, yeah. and it feels like the bar scene in Inglorious Bastards that he's also in. That's good. Yeah. And then uh, Michael, uh, Michael, Michael Fassbender. No, uh, Kevin Bacon is the bad guy, and he's also a mutant, but he was like a Nazi doctor. What's his mutant power? He absorbs other powers from other people. Rogue. Without doing rogue stuff to them. Oh, okay. No, he does. He does do rogue stuff to them, but they turn into, like, ash. Okay. Um, actually, no, I think he absorbs powers and then turns it into energy that he can, like, blast out or some shit like that. Okay. And his thing is, like, hey, mutants are fucking it, and you, you get busy swimming or get busy dying. Yeah. Uh, with the mutant stuff and, like... Yeah, the movie starts with him, like, trying to get young Magneto in a concentration camp to move a coin across the desk, and he can't do it, so he kills his mom. He's like, will you move it now? And he's like, meh, Magneto. And he's like, meh, I guess not. And so Magneto is just hunting him down through this whole movie, and he gets to him at the end, and he's like, Magneto, listen, we're we're the next evolution, X-Men 1. We're, we have to get rid of everybody else. We're the next 
it's us. We're the next big thing. You need to join me, and we'll make everything better. And Magneto, like, grabs him, and he's, like, holding him in place or whatever. And he's like, I just want you to know, everything you just said, I agree with. But you killed my mom. And he pulls the coin out of his pocket and just slowly floats it toward him through his head. And yeah. that's how he kills him. It's good. It's a good movie. World meets sliced bread. Um, so you're telling me the lady with claws, she's that little girl from Logan? Yeah. That's where... I, yeah. I don't think like it connects. Like, uh-uh. It's something I, I like about the X-Men movies is like when it comes to like continuity and stuff, they're like, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> who cares? And I don't, so I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think she's basically supposed to be. I don't know if they call her X whatever in that movie or not, but yeah, that's what. In the comics, Lady Wolverine is his daughter. And what's the Dark Phoenix? Why does Jean Grey go bad? Yeah, I don't know. Why does she break bad? I don't know. Cause she crazy. She got crazy brains. Or an alien comes down and goes, "Here's some magic." Uh huh. So now you go crazy. Don't and they she- have a scene in the early one where they go to see like a young mutant together? Magneto. And... Yeah, it's X Men Three, I believe. Yeah. What, yeah. Who are they going to see? Jean Grey. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when she becomes Dark Phoenix. Okay. I don't know. I think she becomes Phoenix, and that's just her. But she's like super strong. Okay. And then a big mean alien comes down and corrupts her, and she becomes Dark Phoenix. Okay. And she's a class five mutant, Chris. So she's stronger than Professor X. What class is Wolverine? I don't know. Two. Really? I don't know. I'm guessing. Hmm. Well, I guess that 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 uh, wraps that uh, up. Uh, talk about uh, some perhaps not so gifted youngsters. Good segue. We watched Train Spotting, <laughs> and I thought it was so it was wild. I was like, you know what, X Men is gonna have chess in it. Chris is gonna love it. Yeah. You didn't. But the movie with just back to back to back scenes and needles going in arms, you love. And that's your least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> What's yours, Drew? Train spotting. Mail. Oh, my bad. Train spotting, 1986. Read this one in the accent. Oh, I don't think you're supposed to read that part. Let's see if I can. Train spotting, 1996. Uh, that's like British. You're young, you're lost, you choose drugs, you choose shoddy friends, choose to give Fight Club and uh, monologues and talk about James Bond films instead of actual self-reflection, reflection of, uh, uh, or, or God forbid, therapy. It almost sounds like Australian, almost. Yeah, you're doing uh, it, though. Oi, uh, Christ, uh, this film, uh, a right good time. Nine out of ten. My history with Trainspotting. Oh, well, real quick. I was watching that uh, Catching Killers show on Netflix. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, brand new. Check it out on Netflix. Netflix. We give Here we stream. Uh, there's like uh, one of the episodes is like a, there's a Canadian detective. And yeah, she just says, instead of Z, she says Zed a lot. That's just interesting to me. Anyways, what's your history with Train Spotting? I like Zed better than Z, if I'm being honest. Really? That's cool, yeah. yeah. XYZ. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, much like. Oh, I can't think of it. In Bruges? Much like in Bruges, yes, this is one of the things that in the five years I've known you, you go, ah, oh, you gotta watch Train Spotting. Oh, you gotta watch Train Spotting. Um, and just like in Bruges and everything, in Clue, every movie you ever tell me about <laughs> that you love that I have to watch, I watch it and I go, fuck, those are the best movies I've ever seen. I don't know why I don't listen to Chris more. Um, 
Yeah, it is so hard because like I feel like uh, not even just our friendships. Like I, so often, I'm like, you have to listen to heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not a maniac. You know, what I mean? I'm not like. It's worth it. Give it a try. But yeah, I I, I do feel like in general, uh, and, and nothing about you specifically. Like that, but yeah, I feel like people don't really, uh, you for some reason, give a shit about their recommendations. <laughs> it's like. It's uh Do I not sell things well? <laughs> no, I alluded to it earlier. It was gonna be one of my cold opens, but I'll get to it now. Minding your friendship is weirdly combative, if that makes any sense, in ways that it doesn't need to be. And not even like aggressive ways. Like, I don't know, you're my technically my oldest friend. You're like a brother to me. We I'm getting together. pretty up there in age, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I don't know, like like the other day when we went to go watch a movie with Elton yeah. here in our living room uh-huh. and you sat down on the couch next to me and I patted you on the back and I almost threw up. I don't know <laughs> what it is about me and you, but like, or you tell me something and I just don't believe you or I say something to you and you just don't believe me. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's magic. It works great. I love it. But I got to listen to you more. Yeah. I think that might've been the first time we ever touched each other when you patted I, me on the back. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what's your history of the train spotting? Other than me telling you to watch it, none. No, I've just. You don't want to tell the fun story about like. Well, I guess it's not even a story since you guys didn't. But the, yeah, no, there was that time. Oh yeah, no, like, there, was, yeah. Uh, there was a time me and Elton and another friend of ours were like, I don't know, we were like, I was like after a party or something, and we're all hammered and we didn't want to go to bed, but we we're gonna watch a movie. And we we're trying to find something to watch, and we're like. Wouldn't it be hilarious if we watched Train Spotting without Chris, and we all went, "Yeah!" We turned Train Spotting on and all fell asleep within ten minutes. Yeah, uh, I want to try to flip the script. You try to go scene for scene if you can. The okay. way that I always try to. Yeah, for sure. What's yeah. your history of Train Spotting? Oh, um, so this is one of those things. Um, I had a a, a very important to me friendship uh, with a young man. Well, I've been thinking about reconnecting with perhaps, uh, sort of, uh, and I, I mean this with no, like, ill intention, just sort of like, you know, volatile, not very stable, uh, you know, um. Yeah, we've all been there. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where, like, uh, I think I met him when I was in the ninth grade and he was a senior, and we stayed friends until I was probably, like, 21-ish. Uh, so it was a long friendship, and... Yeah, it was just one of those things where, like, I, I think, you know, it was probably the deepest sense of camaraderie I had with another individual to that point, you know? And we spent most of our time just kind of smoking cigarettes and talking about, like, just a bunch of things I had never seen that are now, like, very important to me, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, at the time, I was, like, really into, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like, say anything i guess and like i guess yes no i mean i guess in terms of like i'm trying to think of like i guess like uh i don't know like there were a couple of things that like i i liked and i was i was into but i was really kind of starting my like journey into you know like deeper cuts i guess you know yeah, I know what you mean um, you know, like just kind of that age where like, you know, like, oh, I saw Drive and that was crazy. And like, I saw Donnie Darko and like, I would start to see like some things, you know, like, oh, Nightcrawler was really good. Or like, oh, Breaking Bad is really good. Um, but before I had seen them, like, you know, like, you know, he just had like this like encyclopedic knowledge of like, oh, you got to see Neon Genesis Evangelion one day. And like, oh, my favorite band is Modest Mouse or whatever. And like, oh, Train Spotting's great. And like, uh, 
you know, uh, you know, you have to see, you know, like uh, being John Malkovich or whatever, or, you know, just, you know, I, I really can't think of uh, many things that I don't like hold near and dear that weren't like initially presented to me by yeah. this, this kid who, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's just, you know, uh, like it was kind of like the era of like, um, almost like watch mojo but there were some other that were like slightly deep deeper cuts like you still watch the youtube videos sometimes where like they'll just break down like these are the 10 best times that a camera subtly zooms in without you paying attention yeah. like just videos like that like that's all he spent his time doing because he was like by the federal government like deemed mentally unfit to have work so like he was just paid you know like uh what do you call that like uh i guess social security or whatever uh, to kind of just stay home and smoke cigarettes on his couch and like How just spend that deal. Yeah, just I want that deal. <laughs> so spend his whole time doing that and just watching movies and just like yeah, voraciously like just you know going to things like RateYourMusic.com and listening to every uh, album that's been curated on like the top hundred list or whatever. Like just voraciously consuming content. So my exposure to a lot of things that are um, not even that like obscure, but just slightly under the surface comes from just those like formative like six or seven years that like most of my free time was spent with with this person or whatever so yeah, and i think how that worked is that happens and then very shortly afterwards you met a, a rough and tumble young boy named nick johnson and you like in my mind you swivel a computer chair around after talking to that kid and go to me and go nick have you heard of the, these things and i go no tell me <laughs> that's very funny um so, you know, in a lot of ways, it's almost like that friendship makes me feel uh, almost like the friend that we have that shall not be named. Yeah. Like that kind of a thing where, like, I almost feel like I I, I, I rogued this person. Like, I just touched them on the face and took all of their <laughs> identity. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, also, you're uh, kind of a handful sometimes, so see you later. I'm just not going to talk to you for five years. <laughs> I mean, And then I went out into the world and I was like, have you heard of train spotting? <laughs> I mean, I get, I, I, yeah. get, I get how you could feel bad about that, but that's, I mean, with with every friend you have, yeah. whether or not you still talk to them or not, you rogue a little bit from everybody, yeah. and that becomes. Part this isn't heavyweight. Okay, sorry, but that was sweet. Um, so, anyways, yeah, train spotting. Uh, sometime around then, I saw it, and um, I know this isn't necessarily the intended effect, or, or maybe it is. I don't know. It seems weird to say about a movie uh, filled with people who actively consider themselves to be bad people and also drug addicts and not really contributing to society. But the opening monologue and, like, uh, the lust for life by Iggy Pop, that's the best way to describe, like, mm-hmm. what this movie does for me. I don't know why, but by the time it's over, I'm like, fuck, I just got to get out there. Like, I just feel, like, invigorated almost, like, with, like, this new sense of, like, I just appreciate things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's like the depths they fall to where you're just like, whoa, shit really could be worse. But Well, no, what I like about this movie is, I'll do the plot in a minute, I guess. Yeah. Um, but whether or not you do hard drugs, this movie very much so feels obviously like just being in your early 20s mm-hmm. and having all these friends who are up to no good. Yeah. That you're also up to no good with. Whether it be in the strictest sense, like doing heroin and stuff like that, or just you know mundane stuff where you have friends that aren't good for you yeah and trying to move on with your life i.e move to london and sell real estate yeah and then they find a way to kind of creep back in whether you like it or not and you're mm-hmm. like oh well they're still my friends and yeah after a while you realize hey maybe these friends aren't the best and i should yeah. take this money and run 
It's kind of like the inverse of something like Francis Ha, where like the drama from Francis Ha is that like Francis is not moving forward while all of her friends are, kind of a thing. Yeah. And it also reminds me a bit of. Um, God, I already lost it. I guess. One second. You were talking about in your twenties. Oh, it reminds me of like um, almost something like Philip K. Dick's um, Scanner Darkly, that kind of a thing. Where like, yeah. Uh, I, it is also really refreshing to see, you know, like addicts portrayed in a way that isn't just like this is the worst thing you could do. Don't do this. This is. I'm not saying that this movie makes it seem like heroin is an acceptable choice. I'm just saying it's very humanizing. That kind of a thing where it's like, this yeah, is like, like I like all these guys. Yeah, like yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Is it's just like a story where it's like, hey, yes, they do heroin, but they're also not like zombies or like subhuman or something like they're they're just people you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah. and it's it's like i was talking about like all these yeah. guys it's like i like these guys these guys are friends they're buds yeah and then by the end of the movie when you see everybody again towards the end of this journey you're like oh yeah these guys are a problem yeah well that's another really like like a master stroke in my opinion so to talk about my history for a bit when i was a younger man i i really liked the first half of this film where they're running around and doing heroin and like Renton's kind of getting clean and like, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Um, and then the second half where like, he's like court mandated, like got to get clean and decides to go to London. Like that stuff all kind of bored me, you know? Yeah. Um, but now that's the stuff that I appreciate. So, so in terms of like the masterstroke thing, I like that, like everything's rose tinted because Renton's in the middle of it. Yeah. And he still likes all that kind of stuff. But then once he goes to London and he's on the other side of the journey, when they come back around, you can actually like in full display, see how these are bad people that yeah. he doesn't really want to be around anymore. And yeah. that's really, that's really masterful. Cause I don't feel like it like is like over the top in any way, because they're literally behaving basically the same way they did in the first half of the film, but you don't like them in the second half. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one of my f favorite parts of this movie was the beginning when, um, What's his name? Got the mustache? Starts with a B? Uh, Begbie. Begbie takes that glass, throws it over his shoulder, and it crashes. Yeah. And he goes down there and goes, we gotta find who did this. And everyone's no, like, I love that he says, all right, this lassie got glassed, <laughs> and we're not leaving here until we figure out who did it. <laughs> I just love that he says, this lassie got glassed. Yeah. As if it's like something that happens. Like, oh shit, yeah, yeah, Susan, she's, yeah, someone glassed her last night. And everyone's like, it funny. was you. And he's like, great, let's fight. And like, that's his whole thing is he just loves getting in fights and it's yeah. great. And it's a lot of fun. And then at the end when he gets in it with that guy at the bar. Yeah. It's like, oh no, this is bad. This yeah. is. Oh, it's a fantastic scene. I love that. Yeah. Like when he's like, Renton, bring me a cigarette. And Renton's just kind of like, whatever. And he's like, and the bag. You know yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. go over there and like fumble the cigarettes and like light it and put it in his mouth and stuff. That whole thing is so tense. Yeah. A lot of this movie is very tense. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, that scene specifically. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie's just good. Yeah. I could do the scene for scene if you want. So I, I want to do, do it. Do it. Go ahead. I thought we were talking about other stuff. Fine. Go ahead. Either whichever you have. If you have other stuff, go ahead. If you want to get into it, go ahead. So we're running down the street. Yeah. It's all lost for life. And then here, a boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba A bunch of skinny jeans start running through the streets. Yeah. You choose, choose life. Choose, choose life. a career. Choose a big. I, I'm sorry. Am I going to do it? Or are you going to do it? I'm adding. I'm kidding. Keep adding. Um, yeah, choose life. Choose a big career. Blah blah blah. He almost gets hit by a car. You don't realize it now, but this is towards the end of the movie. But it's just cyclical. Everything they do. So the beginning, it's just like the end. It's just like Inside Lou and Davis. It's a good movie. We should watch it soon. 
uh, he talks about how he's a guy that does heroin and it cuts yeah. to all of his friends inside the heroin den. There's a cute baby there. That's a fun joke that there's yeah. a baby in this heroin den all the time. Yeah. He's got his one friend. He plays Sherlock Holmes later in life. He Sick loves. Boy? Yes, the blind guy. Yeah. He really? loves James Bond. His grandfather, that actor in real life, played M in a lot of the James Bond movies. Interesting. And then later, Bugby is the bad guy in a Bond villain in a Bond movie. <laughs> I love that he's always gone about though. He's like, Diamonds are forever is perhaps a better installment, but Doctor No performed way less at the box office. Like yeah. just that kind of a thing. That was it's a better great. I wish I could have done that accent when I was Do you want to give it another go? Nah, it's okay. Okay. Um and then Who's the weaselly looking guy? Spud. Spud is there. He gives him a kiss and then yeah. falls. I love that. It was the first part of this movie where I was like, that was fun. I love that. I love when Spud kisses him and then gets up and goes to fall backwards and there's all those pillows and he misses him by like an inch and just smacks <laughs> his head on the ground but doesn't care because he's high on heroin. Yeah. They're all there shooting up with that lady who I don't the know The first gross thing is the lady saying, oh, that's better than any meat injection. I'll take that over any fucking cock in the world. Yeah, I was like, Ooh, that's just, it's like when I say like pork meat sandwich or whatever. Like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, I got to taste my own medicine. Uh, they're there with Mother Superior, who's the guy who gives them the drugs. Retton, Ewan McGregor, gets up, goes, that's it. I'm off the stuff. Yeah. And he goes, cool. Do you want some heroin for the road? And he goes, no, I got to go. Yeah. I do like... Uh, He's like, I'm going to try the sick boy method. And he's like, yeah, it's working great for him. And he's like, well, he's always been lacking a moral fiber. And he's like, well, he knows a lot about Sean Connery. And he's like, that's hardly a substitute. <laughs> yeah. And he goes home. He's like, ah, I got to get all this cream of mushroom soup and all this pornography. And yeah, TV. it's great. And you got to board up this door yeah. and this and that. But I'm going to need some opiates, yeah. right, to fix this real quick and then it hard cuts well at the... first he's like i need one more hit and then he goes to the guy and the guy's like what the fuck he's like what the fuck are yes. these he's like but no, suppositories love... they'll he's help like... you go down soft yeah but i'm gonna need one more hit and it cuts yeah. to the door being broken open he's, he's like just he's like hey yeah it's mark retton yeah you got me yeah and then he gives him the butt stuff and he's like fine whatever i'll pop him in right now and yeah. then he's walking away just right in like, my skinny jeans. all right heroin makes you constipated and I have to poop really bad right now. So he goes yeah. to the worst toilet in Scotland. Mm. Very gross. I hate all of it. Yeah. He sticks his arm in the toilet. He, Some Brian Eno plays. Big, big poop. And then uh, goes, oh. It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's wild that this is like uh, considered to be a, one of the best movies ever made or whatever. Uh, Scotland's very proud of it. And yet it has like two really gross poop jokes in it. Yeah. <laughs> like and, juvenile poop jokes yeah, in it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like, and he... But it's something I love about this movie is he goes deep into the toilet and he's just like, it cuts to him swimming through like the ocean basically. Yeah. And he finds him and he's like, that's all right, dancer, whatever yeah. that is. And he swims, gets back out of the toilet and he goes out of the toilet and he's like, oh, he's just stopping away. And he's like, oh, oh, no, great. It's a metaphor for having to put your arm in a big gross toilet. And then I love when he gets home, he's still sopping wet head yeah. to toe. Yeah. <laughs> like that actually just happened. It wasn't just like, you know. An artistic way of showing you yeah. him getting into this big gross toilet. No, he's just sopping wet. Yeah. Um, and it cuts to him and Sick Boy. Sick Boy has also decided to get off the stuff so he can just despite him. Just despite him. Yeah. Just to undermine. He just be undermining. And then they're in the park talking about music and how everybody has their period. And then they just go downhill. Mm -hmm. And they're shooting airsoft pellets at people in the park. Shoot a dog. Um, Talk about Sean Connery and James Bond a little yeah. bit more. And then from there, it cuts to all of them at the bar. No, I think. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, no, no, no. I think you meet Mark or not Mark. No, Mike. I think. Well, who's what's the name of the blonde guy who's got Mike. the girlfriend? Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Because I think they go to meet Begbie, and Begbie tells that whole story about how like oh shooting pool and this guy fucked up yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. 
and he throws then, a gla- the the last he gets glassed. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the. Oh yeah, yeah. That might. Have That's where he's telling yeah. the pool story. Yeah, but then they cut to him, that guy Mike or whatever, like working, uh, out. P- working out, and he's telling the real story, and uh, Renton steals the Pour sex tape that he made yep. with his with his girlfriend or whatever, and then it hard cuts to them sitting on the couch, and he's like. I'm doing a really awful thing, and I feel nothing about it. I yeah, really don't yeah, feel yeah. bad in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. And then I think he he says that thing that leads them to the bar, which is where he's like, but it did awaken something in me. Something's yes. missing from my he's life. He's like, I need a lady. Yeah. And he's there, and all of his friends are palling around. Also, I forgot uh, four minutes into this movie, what happens when you watch it is you go, oh, I got to turn these subtitles on. Um, and so we're in the bar, and it's loud, and there's in-movie subtitles because um, it's so loud and talking about oh it's been six weeks and me and my girlfriend haven't slept together and he's like oh well mine fucking is mad because instead of going to a birthday party i got tickets to go see iggy pop and he's like oh did you sell the tickets he's like oh no they cost me a lot of money yeah um and the girls are talking in the bathroom about the same thing and then they come back yada yada what are you talking about football what are you talking about shopping everybody laughs um Begbie's hitting up with some girl, and then Retton goes, cool, I'm going to get at it. And he starts going out of the dance floor and trying to dance with a bunch of girls, and they keep turning away from him. And he sees a girl, and he goes, oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm in Scottish love. Yeah, because a guy buys a drink for her and then drinks both his and hers. And he keeps walking, and he's like, oh, hey, geez, that was cool of you. And she's like, oh, let me guess. You're really sweet, and you're really quiet, but once I get to know you, you're going to be great, and I'm going to fall in love with you, huh? Does this really usually work for you at all? And he's like, oh, and she's like, oh, let me guess. This is the first time you've done it. Mm -hmm. Uh, taxi and then she gets in the taxi and she leaves the door open and she's like and then she's like well come on boy cat got your tongue or something like that yeah and he gets and he's like i think i left something and then the taxi driver's like you getting in or what son and he's like fuck it i'm getting in they get in it's a big montage of everybody banging spuds is dead asleep asleep with his eyes open Mm -hmm. um everybody bangs she retin and what's her name I don't know. Diane? Diane, I think, yeah. Diane Diane. goes, hey, you can't sleep in here. Just go sleep on the couch in the hallway, which I'm still confused about. Don't know how the living situation works where they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wakes up on the couch outside of her room. You also glossed over that uh, Mikey's girlfriend wants to fuck to the tape, and they realize that the tape's missing. Oh, that's right, yeah. 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 Um, He's like, I don't know, maybe I returned it on (laughs) accident. And she's like, so you're telling me everybody in fucking Glasgow or Edinburgh is jerking off to us right now. So he wakes up on the couch outside of her room. Someone's walking by with a bike and says, hello. And so this is the most confusing part of the movie to me. Mm -hmm. And then he gets up and goes to the kitchen and talks to her parents. Yeah. He's going to her flatmates. And they go, oh, that's a funny one. (laughs) That's rich. And then he turns around and she's there in a school uniform. He's like, "Uh uh-oh, I had sex with a kid. Mm -hmm. Which they never resolve in this movie they just continue a relationship and i'm like i don't is are you suggesting that she's like 18 and in high school or mm-hmm. is he like a monster and we're just not talking about it <laughs> yeah maybe the book delves into more information maybe t2 delves into it more yeah but yeah uh yeah she basically kind of blackmails him he's like i can go to jail for this we're never talking again and she's like if you never talk to me again i'm gonna tell the police and he's like oh and then he just walks away and then she yeah. keeps showing up but then he's in London and they're writing letters to each mm-hmm. other and stuff like that and she comes to see him it's very strange yeah Spud throws poop all over yeah, his he, girlfriend he and poops, his girlfriend's parents poops to the bed yeah very tense I do like the initial bit where he's like ah I drank too much last night and I soiled the sheets kind of a thing and even the dad is like ah that's alright a man's gonna indulge every now and again these things happen boy yeah I love that I love that being like I'm gonna tell him I pissed cause that's embarrassing but it's less embarrassing yeah. than a poo yeah um a little fuzzy what happens right after this 
Uh, I think Mike and his girlfriend are waiting outside the video store, hoping yeah. they can get the tape. Um, I think at this point, Renton and Spud meet up because they talk about how to stay on unemployment. Yes. You have to give enough of an effort to get find a job, a job that they don't take you off of it. So he gives Spud a little bit of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> he's just going on. He's like, he's like, I went to this high school, but I said I went to this one because I had to get my foot in the door. And they're like, but Mr. Sinkowitz, you were recommended to us by the Department of Employment. You didn't need to get your foot in the door. Oh, shows initiative, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And he's going on, and, and the, the one lady's like, why do you want to work in the leisure, the leisure business? Or and he's like, in one word, pleasure. In other people's leisure. It's great. Love yeah. it. Um, obviously doesn't get the job. That's yeah. the point. And then... I think at this point... Um, something happens. I, I, I want to say it's when Renton is like, we made the completely healthy and democratic a, a decision to all get back on heroin. Yeah... And then at that point, he just kind of lays in like a haze for a little while. And Mikey, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, Mikey comes to him and is like, hey, like he's like stealing from his mom. They're ripping off yep, like old yep. folks homes for TVs and stuff Love like that. that. Love yeah. that. They just walk into <laughs> the old folks home and <laughs> just pick up the TV and walk yeah. out. It's great. Um, and yeah, yeah, they all start doing heroin a bunch, having just a right old time. And then he wakes up and that woman's screaming in the apartment. No, 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 not yet. I don't think. Okay. What happens? I think first Mikey comes to him and is like, hey, or or it could happen, either way. But there's the point where Mikey's like, I'm an adult, I can try it. You say it's better than sex, because he's all depressed. Yeah, what, I did, I those re- things happen around the same time. I just I've, don't know what's first. I missed that part, because at the end, when he's all fucked up, I'm like, yeah. I thought he was the one that didn't do drugs. Um, yeah, that's what happens, though. Gotcha. Is like, Mark Renton's like laying there, and he's like, you know, not even audible. He's like so fucked up. And initially, Mikey says, like, I want to try it. You're always talking about how good it is. And Mikey just kind of goes like... Or Mark just kind of goes like and like looks away from him and he's like, "Oh come on, Mark! I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions." And Mark doesn't move and he's like, "I've got the money." And then that's when Mark like kind of like looks over to him and takes the money and then, okay. you know, that kind of a thing. Like, yeah, um, it's another just shitty thing in a long string of shitty things that only really happens because like Mark didn't really want him to start yeah, doing it, but yeah. he had the money and yep, Mark needed yep. money, you know. Um, but yes, you're right. They are doing heroin all together, and. uh the baby dies. Yeah, the woman starts screaming, and I like I like that little monologue from Ewan McGregor. Where he's like, she could have been screaming for days, for all I know. I just knew somebody was screaming, and nobody was doing anything. And then they all get up, and uh, that cute baby that was a fun joke for this whole movie is dead. And it's a huge, it looks gross. It's a huge, huge bummer. It is, especially because Renton gives that little uh, monologue about how like could have been anybody's, could have been sick boys, could have been mine, could have been anybody's, you know. We never really knew, and honestly, we never really cared, kind of a thing. And he's like, "But that day, we found out whose it was, because like Sick Boys just over it, like just losing it." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. while everybody else is like not really too, like they're bummed out, but they're not like, you know, because Sick Boys like fucking say something. Yeah, I love Mark. That. It, it hit his monologue. He's just like, now felt like a time to say something, but you know, what do you say? Yeah, and then he yells at him and says, "Say something." I guess I'm hitting up. Yeah, or I'm cooking up, cooking up. Yeah, they all do heroin again. Mm-hmm. Um. Then and then I think you get the running scene where they they get caught and him and Spud already get sentenced. What else do you think happens before that? Um, this is definitely when they're trying to get money, but I do love the scene where they're sitting at the bar during the Edinburgh, oh, festival, Edinburgh festival with Begbie, yeah. and the guy comes in and goes, "Can I use the bathroom, please?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's over there." And he goes into the bathroom and they all walk in behind him and yeah. mug him. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, they're stealing more money. 
and uh, they're all it's back to lust for life, and they're mm. running down the street, and he almost gets hit by that car and stops to laugh at it, yeah. and that's when he gets caught by the police, mm-hmm. and him and Spuds, Spud, Spud, yeah, go to jail. Or well, go he to goes to jail. Mark Renton gets off as long as he stays in like a rehab program where they yes. give him methadone three and times he a day. Goes to the bar to celebrate with his family. Oof, goes to this is one of the most away. rough scenes for yes, me. Yes, when Spud's mom comes in. Yeah, and yeah. Mark gets up and he's like, "Hey, Mrs. Marcinkowitz, it's really I'm really pretty sad that Spud went away and I didn't or whatever." And she doesn't say anything at all. But then Begbie gets up and just starts being a fucking dick. Where he's like, "It ain't our fucking fault that he's in. He's a fucking smackhead. If anything, it's your fucking fault. You fucking did this and stuff like that." Yeah, she just walks out. Yeah, yeah. It's, Oof, very sad. it's a really hard scene. Yeah. And then he yeah. immediately goes to do more heroin, does too much. Yeah, because he took all of his methadone in one dose and early in the yeah. morning or whatever, yeah. And I, I do like that little bit back and forth where, where, where Mother Spear is like, uh, would sir like a table? And he's like, ah, yes, I would. And he's like, uh, would you like to start with an appetizer? He's like, no, I think I'll get right to the main course. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I love, it's it's just like the toilet thing. Yeah. Uh, I love when he does it and you see him sink into the carpet. And Lou Reed's perfect day place. Yes, and when he, he starts overdosing and uh, Mother Superior calls the cab, puts him in the cab, sends him to the hospital, they're doing all that stuff, and he's just blue. Every time it cuts to his point of view, you still see the carpet on the side of uh, the frame. Just a little stuff like that in this movie. I just, yeah. Just adore. I think it's great. Yeah, when they first shoot him with whatever the hell they give him or whatever, and he's just like... <laughs> that stuff is really hard to watch, too. You and need a degree job. Yeah. And then his parents lock him in his childhood bedroom. Yeah. And he just loses his goddamn mind. Yeah, he sees That's the baby on the ceiling. Mikey comes to him and he's all fucked up and stuff like that. And he's like, and I also forget a lot of the times that like the backdrop, like every like 30 odd minutes, they'll make one little mention of the fact that the AIDS epidemic is in the midst of happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so not to jump too far ahead, but that's one of the things we learned about Mikey is that he's HIV positive. And that's one of the things that, like, uh, Renton's dad tells him. He's like, there's one more thing you have to do, son. You have to get the test or whatever. And they go and he tests yeah. and he tests clean and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, And at the end, he also says, he's like, it's crazy that I was a junkie and I survived while there was a national or a worldwide pandemic or epidemic going mm-hmm. on, you know, that kind of a thing. But anyways, so yeah, he's in the room and he sees, like, Mikey show up to him with, like, scabs on his face and stuff. And... He's Spud all like, chains. yeah, and he's all like, "Come on, Mikey, I'm an adult, or Mark, Mark, I can, I'm an adult, I can, you know, decide for myself." And yeah, the baby and the walls, and he's sweating, and yeah, when he pulls himself under the blankets and Begbie's under there smoking <laughs> yeah, a cigarette, that's yeah. great. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he gets clean. Yeah, and moves to London. Yeah, there's like, yeah, that it's it's because of uh his his child girlfriend who's like. You know, maybe this isn't the place for you kind of a thing. Maybe there's something else out there kind of a thing. And then it, there's all those shots of London and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I do like that because, like, so many of the shots are, like, you can tell the filmmakers probably just wandered around for, like, a day. Because, like, you'll just see, like, little things. Like, they're, like, filming, like, a, like a Royal Guard-type-looking guy going up a glass elevator. And he just, like, by the end of the shot just goes, like... Yeah, everyone's, like, waving at him <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, this movie definitely feels in the best way possible. Like, it's hard to notice, mm-hmm. but it just kind of has, like, an overall feel. Like, they had no money to film this movie because mm-hmm. um, I think they didn't. Um, and it's great. And like, yeah, like, all those scenes of London definitely feel like they were just running around with a camera filming yeah. people. And in that way, that's one of the things that I like and that, like, gives me that feeling of, like, a lust for life is that it just has that, like, vibrancy of, like, I don't know, just, like, 
you know, it makes me feel like uh, Morrissey, like, I want to see people and I want to see love. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the same thing when I watch In Bruges, like, they both seem like love letters to something, and it just makes me want to just yeah. go. Also, I do love the one time they're watching a train. They are train spotting. Yeah. And they, he's like, what's going on a walk? And he's like, where? He's like, there. And he points to the mountain, and they're, like, and they're all following him. <laughs> yeah. And they're sitting. He's like, come on, guys. Doesn't it make you proud to be Irish? Yeah. He's like, it's shit being Irish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so he goes to London. Yeah, he's a real estate guy. He's a real estate guy. I was going to go back to the train spotting thing for a second. Oh, go ahead. I was reading online a little bit that, like, the... No, I don't remember. I don't Are you talking about, like, the name of the book? Being yes, there was, yeah. there was an original thing for what train spotting meant. And then later when people were like, oh, train spotting is just, like, a dumb thing that nobody... A hobby that no one understands unless you do it. Yeah. Like heroin. And then mm-hmm. we're like, oh, that's spot on. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that's better than what we had. But I forget yeah. what the original thing was. Interesting. Yeah, because I'd always heard the second thing. But I don't know what the original thing is. Um, goes to London. He's selling homes. He's selling apartments. He's just living his life. Yeah. He's doing great. I love when they cut back to his apartment, though. It's still a mess. He's still yeah. pretty much the same guy. He's not, like, all super cleaned up and stuff like that. Yeah, he's just smoking cigarettes and reading books and going to work. And then uh, he hears on the news that Begbie has robbed a store, has robbed a jewelry store, and is on the run. Yeah. Begbie shows up as an apart- at, at his apartment. This section I love. Yeah. I just love, like, I almost feel like I could watch a comedy series based on this guy who's gone to London to clean up and then his f- buddy is laying low from the law and has to stay in his apartment and can't leave. So, like, yeah. there's just that mounding pile of yep. empty cigarette packs. And he's like, Renton, go get my cigarettes and, like, put 50 on Santa's little helper in the first. Definitely not the fucking second. You know, just, like, yeah. just tell him to go do stuff right. for him. And he's like, I just can't go fucking wander around. I'm a fucking fugitive. Yeah. And then uh, eventually... And they're sleeping foot to head. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, eventually... Um, Sick Boy shows up, Sick too. Boy shows up. And he's he's like, become some kind of pimp. Yes. And uh, I, I love when they're sitting there eating. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe you did that. I can't I can't believe you've done this. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, it was my television. Yeah. And then, like, it zooms out, like, because you think they're watching TV, and then yeah. the TV's gone, he's just unloading on them. Yeah. Sick Boy's like... Well, if I knew you were going to be like this, I wouldn't have done it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sick Boy's staying with them now. Yeah. Three deep. And yeah. Then he decides to pawn him off on that like that that, that rental that he can't get rid of. Yep. yep. And he goes home with a trash bag and just cleans up all their bullshit because it's even dirtier than like when he was alone and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But anyways, they have this... Oh, they have to go back for Mikey's funeral. That's what it is. They go back for Mikey's funeral and yeah. also because he lost his job because they were trying to sell that apartment and yeah. they didn't like it and they jump out of the carpet at the people yeah. looking there. Yeah. That's fun. Um, and they go back for Mike's funeral because he got a cat because he was so depressed and didn't take care of it mm-hmm. and the cat poop in the air made him mm-hmm. sick. Cat's fine, though. Yeah. Um, the funeral's very depressing because it's the smallest cathedral I've ever seen. Yeah. I think it's the size of this room that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. Everybody's packed in. It's a huge bummer. Um, and they go to the bar afterwards sing a little song and then they go hang out in the old spot old mother superior's place but yeah. it's like cleaned out now and there's just like construction lights in there and stuff yeah I like little touches like that where they don't like go into detail about what is different but things are different yeah like the time has clearly passed yeah here. um and they're in there talking and sick boy's got a deal so and so the guy the drug dealer from the beginning bought some 
heroin off two Russian sailors. And I love the <laughs> yeah. quick two-second shot of the Russian sailor standing there yeah. with the heroin. This is urban legend level because I was not able to verify it anywhere. But I was told before by somebody. And I, I, I have a distinct memory of looking it up and finding something that confirmed it. But I was not able to find this. But I remember someone telling me one time that this is a movie that Wes Anderson likes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I don't know if that's true at all, though. Do not listen to me. Um, and then they make the decision, hey, we're going to buy this heroin and we're going to sell it, but we're $2,000 short. And they all look at Rutten. and he's like, I don't I have $2,000. Yeah. And Begby goes, I've seen your bank statements. You have $2,113. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Fine. I guess if there's no way out of this because it's yeah. getting kind of Begby's kind of threatening him, like yeah. he's got to do it. And Renton is genuinely the voice of reason. He's like, "Are you guys hearing yourself?" He's like, "Really, like us four, like fuck ups? You really think this is a good idea? You think we're gonna be able to get rid of this much heroin?" Yeah, and I love when he goes to Spud. He's like, "Do you want to spend more time in jail?" And yeah. Spud goes, "No, I, I want, want the, the money, money like, Renton." Yeah. And uh, so they get it. And uh, big, big bummer for me at this point in the movie where they're like, ah, and we had to test it. We didn't trust anybody else. So I did it. And I was like, oh, right. No. Yeah, I know. It is also, a uh, forgot to mention, I had thought, I think about three or four times at this point that this movie was ending. Yeah. Um, this movie <laughs> yeah. just kept fucking going on. I loved it. This movie's what, like two hours ish? No, I think it's only like 140. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very short. Yeah. And uh, I can look up the actual runtime, but I think it's like 140. It feels like three hours. In a good way. Like, I, I feel like that's a, a, a way to knock a movie when you're like, oh, it felt way longer than it was. But no, I think this movie doesn't overstay its welcome, but feels like you watched a very, very long movie. Yeah. Um, he checks the heroin. 134. Oh, wow. 34. Uh, he checks the heroin. It's A-OK. They get on a bus. He does more heroin on the bus. And he's like, and this is a final hit. This is my final hit. And you have final hits. And you have final hits. Yeah. And we'll see which one this is. Yeah. Um, they're in the bus. Begby's like, did you get the cards? <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's like, it gets fucking boring after a while without fucking cards. Um, and then they get to London, uh, and they meet the guys in the hotel room. And I'm crazy tense this whole scene. Yeah. They show the guy the heroin. He's like, all right, I'll be right back. And he goes in another room. And it's just something I love about this movie. Just little scenes where people are just being humans. Yeah. That guy leaves, and <clears throat> Begby pulls out a cigarette, and Sick Boy pats his pockets for a cigarette and realizes he doesn't have one, and looks at Begby, and Begby, like, kind of, sh- like, shake, shake, shrugs his shoulder, and goes, ah, fine, and gives him a cigarette, and Begby, like, is like, oh, like, all, all, without saying anything, he's like, oh, I don't have a lighter, and yeah. he gives him a light, and they're all just sitting there in that hotel room yeah. while that guy's gone, and I'm like, oh, this is where this movie ends, because yeah. they're gonna die. Yeah. I know there's a train spotting too, but they're gonna die yeah. right here. Yeah, it also reminds me of, like, the scene where they bring Mark home, and they just put him in bed, and it's like, like I said, it's maybe, like, 45 seconds, but just, like, the mom's, like, unbuttoning every button on his shirt and, like, takes it off his body while the dad's, like, untying a shoe, taking yeah. a shoe off, untying a shoe, taking a shoe off, and it's just, like, one stagnant shot where people are just, like, existing in the space for a little while. Um, and yeah, it reminds me of like what you're talking about with the nonverbal communication and get the cigarette going. It is just one shot. They just set yeah. it up and those two actors just carry it with body language and it's great. interacting with each other. And uh, the monologue, he's like, yeah, this, these guys for sure caught us immediately. He knew that we were just four yeah. junkies basically who had stumbled onto this shit. Mm-hmm. Guy comes back in and goes, how much do you want for it? 20000 How about nine? No. 15. He said 15 initially. Does he? Yeah. Oh, he says 15, and then he says 19, and then he yeah. says 15, and he goes, 16. And he goes, deal, 16. He's like, great. Yeah. And they pack everything up, and they're like, 
pleasure doing business with you guys and they leave and they all freak out they're like yeah we did it mm -hmm. and he's like and this, it felt great it felt like we had done something as a group we had done something as friends but you mm -hmm. know feelings like that don't last that long yeah and then in the bar they're all making jokes I'm like I'm gonna go piss don't take the money while I'm gone I'm gonna piss don't take the money while I'm gone and they're yeah. gone and it's just redden and spud and he goes do you wanna do you wanna take the money while they're gone and yeah. spud goes oh do you are you serious do you wanna take the money while they're gone and then they come back he goes Oh man, what are you guys doing? He goes, ah, he's, no, he comes back. He goes, ah, oh, I thought you guys would have taken the money while I was gone. I would have done it. He's like, ah, ah, ah you. Yeah, it. I think what happens is someone says like, nah, nah, you know, I would never kind of a thing. He's like, I know I would. Yeah, and then uh, Begbie's coming back with the drinks, bumps into some guy, starts a fight with him, just beats the absolute shit out of him. Mm. That scene we were talking about, like earlier. stabs him in the throat, almost like a glass kind. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, bring me a cigarette. I'm yeah, it's bag. just dead quiet in there, and he's like, no, but I fuck him, moves kind of a thing, where I'll just go sit and have a fucking drink, or whatever. He, yeah. he just says something to the effect of, like, everybody chill out, you know. Um, and then it cuts back to the hotel room. They're all asleep in there. Begby's sleeping with the bag. Mm -hmm. uh, Retton gets up. Just love it. Again, just more of just him getting up and just being a person and mm -hmm. looking in the mirror. Having just, a glass of water. Having a glass of water. And I love, like... During the scene, it's like a little ambiguous, like what time it is. Yeah, you can definitely see sunlight coming in through the windows, mm -hmm. just a little bit. And it's like, oh, I don't know if this is supposed to be the middle of the night or like five a.m. Mm -hmm. But I was reading. Fun fact: they had a problem shooting all the night scenes in this movie, and they had to do it very quickly. Because don't know if you know this, but in Ireland in the summer, the sun goes down at eleven thirty p.m. and the sun comes up at four a.m. <laughs> so. That could have been why this was happening. But also, I don't know. I like it. I like that he gives it a nice little, like, ooh, it could be very early in the morning. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And Retton just decides. He walks over to Begbie very slowly, like, moves his arms off the bag, picks up the bag, looks around, goes out the door, looks at Spud. Spud's awake, and he's looking at him, and he's just shaking his head. He's like, don't, don't fucking do this, man. Yeah. And he just gives him, like, well, look. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves, and then it cuts to him walking on a ridge. And he's like, I could do it now. I could choose life. I could choose a big TV. I could choose a wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you see him putting the money in the safety deposit box? Yeah. The only thing that's interesting to me is, like, why is Spud the one that goes and opens that? I don't know. Maybe left him a note somewhere. Probably. But. Um, and, yeah, it leaves Because I know he put his passport in there because he was worried because yes. Sick Boy had said the yes. thing about how he's like, hey, you got a passport? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, I know this guy in Russia like uh, helps uh, immigrants or whatever. He'll, he'll buy it for, like, uh, 2000 bucks or something like that. And he's like. No, I think I'm going to hang on to my passport. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? He's yeah. like, oh, just a suggestion. Yeah. Um, so he a, takes his passport and puts like a, you know, however much money, $2,000 yes. in there, whatever, yeah. And then he's walking away with the bag and he's got his whole life ahead of him. Yeah, but he does also give the monologue. Part of it is also him saying like, I'm a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a good guy. But yeah. I do, in my opinion, it's like, well, you're better than those <laughs> other guys so you're technically here you are have a very long relationship with a child uh and that's not good when i think about it because they because they they just pepper it in here and there and you enough time goes by that you forget about it until she yeah. shows up again and you're like oh god right <laughs> yeah and then credits do you think they're married in the second one i have not a fucking clue i really don't know i know you're pretty against the second one but I have I'd, seen that it has decent reviews, though. Yeah, well, I brought it up after we watched yeah. this, and you're like, mm, maybe I do want to watch the second yeah. one. So I would love to watch the second yeah. one. Yeah, when I was younger, before I had seen Train Spotting, some a movie that I really liked uh, was SLC Punk. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, like watching it now, like and getting a little more perspective on exactly what Train Spotting is, like having seen it with a fully formed brain, because I am over 25 now, so my brain is fully formed. Not the brag. 
But uh, SLC Punk is kind of like I'm 26, so my brain is dying. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's SLC Punk is kind of a shitty uh, version of what Train Spotting is. Yeah. So that could be a fun thing to watch eventually. But okay. Uh, like I said, yeah, I have tried a couple of times, and like 10 minutes in, I'm usually like, this is a little too cringe on main. For yeah. Me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, do you have closing thoughts on train spotting? Would you like to wrap um, up your train spotting experience? I thought it was great. I had a wonderful time. I did think it was funny you bringing up how back in the day you liked the beginning and weren't so hot on the ending. And now watching it again, you're like, oh, the second half is better because that, that's what I got when I watched it. And I was like, yeah, the beginning's fun. But yeah, no, the second half of this movie, I think, is where it really shines, like after he gets clean. Um, and yes, I had a blast. I loved every minute of this movie. I'm glad you finally got me to watch it. I'm going to give it a A. Solid A. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to put it the A, I think. I think A is a good place to to put it. Um, like I said, you know, just to reiterate, um, I really like, like I said, like the, the, the portrayal that it's not like a, 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 you know, villainizing this thing. I, I think of it as like, <laughs> I always think about it, almost in the context of like uh i don't know why in my head sometimes i lump things together like white stripes v black keys i get that yeah. don't know why but those are like two things for me you know or like strokes arctic monkeys <laughs> yeah i get that yeah um i always think of this in relation to like requiem for a dream which i don't know if you've seen i have not oh god it's a literal nightmare that's yeah. a movie that'll be like i know you keep <laughs> telling me that and i'm like oh, i want to watch this but i'm scared yeah i put that in the category of like kids like those are two movies that'll fuck you yeah yeah, just fuck you a little bit. But anyways, um, like I said, I do like the very human portrayal of like, hey, this is just something people do sometimes. That doesn't mean that yep. they're like, as I said before, I'm using the same verbiage, but they're not zombies. They're not subhuman, you know. Um, and also, ooh, God, Chris, I love you, McGregor. Yeah, he love does him a everything really good he's job. in. I we've we've talked at length about how much we don't care about Star Wars. Yeah. Every time I see something from that Obi Wan Kenobi show, and I just see you and McGregor, I'm like. God, am I gonna watch this Star Wars show just because you? I had the McGregor's same thing happen, yeah. Because oh. there's like a moment where he's like, he like drops with his lightsaber, whatever, and he says something like, "Huh, a little cheeky, aren't we?" Or something like I don't know what he says, <laughs> but you know, like, and I'm just like, "God there, damn there's, it!" You. There's even those like travel agency commercials that he's on that play yeah. before YouTube videos. I'm like I gotta travel. Yeah, and I lo I love those commercials because <laughs> they're shitty. They're just like every other yeah. commercial, but I love it. Just Ewan McGregor's voice be like, "Hey, basically capitalism. Yeah, you gotta spend your money on something. Why not travel?" <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's also just, like, a really masterfully put-together film. Like, just the way that, like, every now and again you get little drops of, like, the AIDS epidemic. And it's kind of about that, but not really. And you get little drops of, like, the transition of, like, whatever it is. Like, if it's, like, mid-80s to late-80s or, like, late-80s to early-90s. I'm not quite sure what the time frame is, but they even talk about it, like, in... Uh, in the film about how, like, people are changing. Drugs are changing. Music's changing, right? And, um... You know, like I said, like just the relationship between the first half and the second half, like the rose tinted goggles, it reminds me of, you know, that 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 point in, in Philip K. Dick no, Dick's novel where I feel like he's breaking the fiction wall and just talking about how like this is my life, like getting high and like it's Wednesday night and mm -hmm. like the sun's going down and the windows are open and we're listening to a record and, you know, my, the, the the my friends like the girls don't have uh, bras on and you see their nipples and I'm just high as hell on a rug and I'm like this is great, you know. Um, and then, like, the second half, or like I said, it's, you know, not only is it Retton's got sobered, but it's also sobering for him. Like, he yeah. can actually see his life for what it was kind of a thing. And and um, all of the 
just friendship stuff leading up to that, like the conversations about like, yeah, he's kind of a prick, but he's a mate, you know, you kind of do things for your friends and whatnot. And, and, um, and all of the little, you know, interpersonal relationships, like the way that Renton relates to sick boy and how their relationship is that they are seemingly two of the closest in terms of like day to day, they probably hang out the mm -hmm. most, you know what I mean? Um, whereas Spud is maybe more of like uh, you hang out with them in like a Kramer capacity. Yeah, you know. But, I do. I do. Aside, I do love when he gets that letter from Diane, and she's like, "I saw Spud." Yeah. I, he says hi, and yeah. he's just laying on the curb. Yeah. But also, Sick Boy and, and Rentons is like a very combative and like uh, you know competitive yeah. thing, where like you know Sick Boy decides to quit drugs not because he actually doesn't want to do heroin anymore, but just because he wants to fuck with Renton a little bit. Like yeah. he's almost like he's quitting. I'm gonna quit. You know. Um, but also Spud and, and, and Renton almost have like this older brother, younger brother thing where like Renton is kind of looking out for him. Like, yeah, he gives him the speed and that's fucked up, but he does it, you know, cause he's like, well, you don't want to do too good, too good. You don't want to get the job, but, mm -hmm. you know, you have to go to the interview or even later when he leaves him money, you know, or even when he tries to appeal to him, he's the only one that he tries to appeal to when he, when, when they bring the plan up, he's like, what do you want to go back to jail? You know? Yeah. Um, and you know, just like the guilt that he has over getting Mikey into you know uh, heroin and stuff like that. Uh, there's, there's, I, I do like the 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 you know care put into like how do these people interact with each other? Like, yes, they're friends, but what are their relationships like individually? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I don't even know if you ever see Spud and Sick Boy talk to each other, kind of a thing. But a lot I of the times, that is true. But uh, but you know, a lot of times in friendships, there are that kind of a thing where like you know, like take a friend group we've been in. Like, yes, you and I, for example, like uh, you know, we'll hang out with Elton. But like, who takes dominance over like the backbone of the conversation and who is sidelined to just making comments every now and again? And then there's the interpersonal relationship that you may have with Elton mm -hmm. that's different from the one that I have with yeah. Elton. You know? And it, yeah, you know. You know, you mentioned it earlier, and it's not the only film to do it. A lot of movies do it, but uh, it does feel like a lived-in space. Like this feels like first-hand experience, fictionalized. You know, and uh, yeah, I like it for being so earnest and heartfelt and real. You know? Absolutely. Like, but also, like I said, fictionalized. Something like adaptation, like how the second half becomes. Yeah. Like you know, <clears throat> there are so many moments in this that are obviously heightened to eleven, uh, and that's great because I don't think. I would have liked a version of Train Spotting where it went for like a Requiem for a Dream thing, where it was like trying to be like this gritty, like this is what heroin is like, you know? Yeah. Because with that, you might miss out on the opportunity to rose tinted goggles the first half. Exactly. You yeah. know? Even if it's diving into a gross toilet, it's still <laughs> fun and whimsical. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is a, this is a great one, and, and and if you don't have anything else to to add to that, then I bought the audiobook. Yeah. Because I'm interested in the book. Uh -huh. Just impenetrable. Just still got that Scottish accent. And you can't listen to an audiobook with subtitles unless you're reading the book. Um, <laughs> the so, book is an audiobook with subtitles. Yeah. That's very so, funny. Uh, wasted, wasted my money on that. And uh, if that's that. Mattress Man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time... <laughs>